well welcome um to pretentious explosions um i'm connor and i'm joined today with my it's friend a really Matt. pretentious name pretentious explosions just to clarify well you sound middle class what better name it's not even a middle class name it's like someone pretend it's like a middle class person pretending to be working class that's the, that's what the name is i think you just summed me You're up welcome. there that was amazing <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we're going to start today uh, with uh, going on Pottermore because J.K. Rowling has uh, unleashed her Patronus thing, where you can uh, go on there and find out what your Patronus oh, would be. So sounds I'm like go a euphemism. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, I'll show you my Patronus if you show me yours. Oh, eh? Think of happy thoughts. Oh dear. <laughs> dead cats. Dead cats. Dead cats. Okay, right, so I'm on the website now. I've just loaded in. Oh, so sun, wind, or rain. I'm going to go... I quite like the rain, so I'm going to go rain. So basically, you get given an option, and you've got to try and... You've got to pick one, and then I'll narrow it down so you get a, your Patronus. Okay. Oh, I have to join Pottermore? Yeah, I, I've already got an account. Of course you've got an account. The... You're a middle-class fucking English twat. I was one of the people who beta tested oh, the website. Oh, of course you were. Oh, I was. Awful. Okay, so I've just had an option there, bright or shadow, and I've got a new one now. It says stone, wood, or earth. Oh, uh, yeah. So I've oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got some I wood, with, if you know I what I'm with, saying. I actually went with wood just because of that uh, joke. See? Just, Classy. Because uh, they, they encourage you on this. To, oh, I've just got a new one. Lost or found. I'm going to go... I'm going to go lost because I've got... Um, I always lose things. Um, Dignity. I went with I went with the words just because the website encourages you to pick the first thing that comes to mind. So apparently, the first thing that comes to mind was you know just they accept swear words. Uh, oh, watch, listen, or touch. Go on, Matt. You choose oh, one. Touch. Oh, <laughs> oh it, it 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 just it said you must answer quickly. Ooh. Think of your happiest thought. And try <laughs> well, again. touch is definitely my happiest thought. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hope, trust, or love. I'm gonna go with love. Uh, worse. Well. It's it's just like you know if you get, anyone gets me on anything they're just sort of sighing the whole time going why is he just making constant sexual jokes <laughs> like I I swear Rick. a bunch were edited out like Yogg's Hannah's video just like all my sex Ooh. jokes just fucking oh I can find out my Patronus it says click drag and release for your Patronus so I'm clicking I'm dragging and I'm releasing it's also see. a euphemism your Patronus is a beagle a beagle. A beagle. Terrible. Um, let's do it. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, I don't know. Beagle. I'm just doing a quick Google now oh. to see who else has a beagle oh, Patronus. Like a goddamn Hufflepuff thing. Uh, it, oh. Oh. Uh, no, nothing has come up. I mean, there's a picture of Hermione and a picture of Ginny, but that's about oh. it. So yeah, that was <laughs> that was that. Really underwhelming. Does it give Brilliant. you any other information, or is it just your Patronus? It just says beagle. It just says beagle. Sit. It just says your Patronus is a you beagle. You know what? I want to do this and get a beaver. I fucking love beavers. Like both the actual yeah, like animal that. and the euphemism for vagina. Yeah, I thought you. I thought you meant more. Than no, euphemism. I actually mean actual beavers. Like I love like the animal beavers. They are adorable right, okay. little furry things that like eating branches and they make little houses and dams. Yeah, their dam building is really impressive. I, I, I've always wanted to look at a dam. I think I went to Wales once and I saw a dam built by. Um, I'm not, I don't think it was a beaver, but some some creature that built um, built a dam by this waterfall. It was really impressive. 
God. Yeah. Um, should we talk about uh, films? It's your podcast. You can <laughs> don't ask me. Well, I know. I know, but I want to be polite. You don't be polite um, to me. That's not how you... No. All right. Shall we... T- um, I would like to talk about Kubo and the Two Strings, so we're going to talk yes. about Kubo and the Two Strings. Okay. Do you want to start? I love Kubo and the Two Strings, and also I kind of half understand why it's called Kubo and the Stru- Two Strings, even though his thing has three strings on. Like, I yeah. think the two strings are his support strings, then there's him. But it, it's just kind of confusing. Yeah. They could have just called it Kubo. That would have made more sense. Yeah, you could have just called it Kubo, but I think the two strings ties it into the finale of the, the climax of the film. No, Well, yeah, but, I mean, you know. Obviously, we're not going to give any just spoilers. Just call it Kubo, but, you know, though, just you that, know. The way it... Yeah, I mean, calling it... I mean, yeah. it was Tom Scott who said this. Like, it's weird because the studio, they've always done, like, one word. You know, box trolls, Coraline. They've never... It's always been a one-word title, and this one, they just added the subtitle to it for some reason. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, because they, 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 they're they the same studio who made Coraline and um, Paranorman. And, box trolls, yeah. Um, they're box trolls that was up for the Oscar last year. Yeah, it's weird. But I just... I loved, I loved the film. I just think that the way they were able to do the animation so stylistically... Was just and the, it's all tied in as well. Like it, everything looked like paper. Yeah, no, they did. I was very impressed. The main thing I was impressed with was the hair blowing in the wind, which was stop motion hair blowing in the wind. Yeah, that was really impressive. I really liked the bit. Um, I can't remember what happened, but it, the monkey when the monkey's fur got all ruffled, and you could just see the texture in every single bit of mm. his fur. That, that was stunning. And did you stay to the end of the credits when you saw them actually do the stop motion of the creature? I, I never watched the credits. Oh, do you know? Oh, th- during the credits of the film, uh, they had um, they showed you who was who, and then they then showed you the animators working. Oh, I, I've watched videos like that though. So, yeah, yeah, it was in it was in the credits after they um, did it, and it was just stunning to watch. You know, the the giant skeleton with the sword yeah. in its head. Yeah, they showed you how they built that and how they modelled it, and then that then sequence ended with the skeleton attacking one of the animators. <laughs> it was just that, that if that film is not for um, oh, you an Oscar be, this yeah. year, it, it's I mean it's well, stunning. I found it, I found it very interesting because obviously like the Aldman style because I mean really they're the only two big stop motion studios doing big films. I mean Aldman doesn't even really do big films, so you know. Um, but Aldman generally they don't really add any effects to them. It, it is all stop motion. The background is stop motion, you know. This, it was, a lot of green screen was involved. There, there were some CGI yeah. bits. and It was more filmed. It was filmed like a traditional movie would be, except instead of actors and bits of sets, they just had stop motion actors and stop motion bits of set and then bits of green screen and a bit of CGI added here and there, which worked. It did. And it looked very nice. I think there was, there was a couple of bits. I was kind of watching it at the start because I... I now, I go into a lot of movies since I have the ability to without reading up on them. I just sort of like look what's on and go, oh, that looks interesting. And I go and I don't read up on it. Yeah, that's what I did with this as well. I saw I saw the trailer, I think, when I went to go and see Finding Dory. Um, and it was one of the trailers that they played beforehand. And I, and I remember sitting there thinking, oh, I want to go see that. But obviously, I didn't. I didn't. I, I couldn't remember the, the name of the film. Because it's such a weird well, that's name. That's a problem, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I then, and then I then uh, saw some images for it, and then remembered. So I went to go and see it, completely unaware of, uh, like I can remember the trailer vaguely, but going in there without remembering much was just so helpful and just, 
like it wasn't until the credits itself that I realised who was actually in it. Who was in it? Uh, Michael McConaughey. What? Yeah, Ralph Fiennes from Harry yeah. Potter. Rooney Mara. What? Yeah, Charlize Theron. Right. Or yeah, and uh, George Takai from. I knew. Star Trek I, I could tell George Takai was in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I like that. Oh, I like that they did get George Takai just to come in and say, "Oh my," and that was literally it, pretty much. Yeah, I was just, I was just blown away by the cast when they then, I just wasn't no. expecting it. I, think I, I, I got very impressed by it because I didn't know it was stop motion when I kind of went into it. I, I thought it was animated, and I only realised it was stop motion when there's a very specific bit that they clearly only did like three or four frames for this bit that should have been like twenty frames. And it looks, oh yeah, what was that? Bit? It was near the start. And I can't remember. It was just, it was just like a, it wasn't even reaction shot. It was just like looking at something on the floor moving or something. I can't quite remember, but it made it very obvious that it was stop motion. I went, holy shit, this is stop motion. <laughs> yeah, it, I like the, the the blinking as well. Like every, every all the movement just felt really. It, you could tell it. There was a, a person behind it moving. Yeah. Um and. Uh, what I really love though is just how it all worked so for instance in it starts with him and his in his hometown living in a cave isolated and then he then goes to town every day to tell his story about um, what his mother tells him um, and and then his mother tells him never to be out after night and then his aunties then come and their aunties are horrifically terrifying they're creepy it's the Coraline kind of creepy that I like yeah yeah I was sat there and so See, I'm not a fan of me jump scares, but I am a fan of me like really creepy stuff, you know. And they are creepy motherfuckers. It was kind of like doll face. Yeah, the the, the, the Japanese like porcelain mask. Yeah. The, uh, the hop. I I one of the things I really liked about it is it was, it didn't hold your hand as a movie. No, it didn't. It I didn't. Know. It wasn't. There wasn't much exposition, and it kind of. It just led you through it, and I was confused when I, I, I started watching it, and it it kind of unfurls itself throughout the movie, and revealing bits yeah. of the plot, and I'm going, oh, that makes, that explains a bit before. It doesn't baby you, which is weird for a kid's animated movie. Yeah. Uh, there was a moment, I, I don't know if you remember this, when they go to the, the dojo, and then there's that twist where you realise, oh, wait, it was a mm. trap. And the way they set it up, it was you just thought it was just like, oh well, we're telling you this is going to happen, and then this, and then this, and you're just going along with it, and then all of a sudden, you know, you just was out of nowhere, and then I think the twist at the end when um, uh, the townsfolk show humanity and compassion. Yeah. Do you know the? Yeah. Do you know the mean? Yeah. That is such a beautiful moment in cinema. It, it definitely subverts a lot of like cinematic norms doesn't it and like writing norms yeah because you always see the villain being like hated and you know you, that fuels their villainous traits but in this you just saw this side of human and it's weird to see such a human thing in a in a film that's got no humans in it and it's not only that but you know the movie definitely it, it is it's in in kind of a pixar way obviously pixar's willing to just make you upset because it wants to. Yeah. Pixar's just willing to just stab you in the neck. <laughs> yeah. And I'm fine with that. I like a movie that stabs me in the neck once or twice. But... Well, you're in Liverpool. Of course <sighs> you are. 
But, right, this movie, it was... Pixar, when they do stab you in the neck, they do a build-up to it. Yeah. This, when it stabs you in the neck, it doesn't really build it up. It just stabs you in the neck, and you're like, oh, I've been stabbed in the neck. Oh, I yeah, wasn't expecting that. it came that. out of nowhere. And it's good. Yeah. It's good that it does that. Because it's, it's so uncommon. Yeah. And it, I'm, I was watching it, and it's just like, oh, this is... I wasn't expecting any of this. Yay. Yay. Well, I was brought to tears by that moment. Oh, no, I, 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 um, I don't cry at anything except for films. And oh. <laughs> the end, no. the end, uh, when uh, the cover of My Guitar Gently Weeps playing, I was like, well, you know what? That, no, I can't anymore. All right. <laughs> just a single oh. tear went down my face. It's just a beautiful mm. film. Should we move on to a not so beautiful animated mm. also, film? Also, can I just make a side point? I did get my Patronus. I got my Sorry? Patronus. Oh, yeah, what was it? A hippogriff. That is way better I than know. a eagle. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cool flying eagle, poor thing. Whereas mine's just yeah. a dog. I mean, you know, if, you, if I'm up against Dementors, the worst thing that I want to be just, yeah, just a little dog, whereas you've just got a massive bloody You're eagle. You're welcome. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like... It's a cock measuring contest. <laughs> the actual hair. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Films, come on. Uh, I was going to move on to Sausage uh, Party. You know what? I like Sausage Party in its weird own way. Oh, I didn't like it. Well, I didn't, but I did. Okay. Go on. I didn't know anything about it aside from the fact, like, half the animators hadn't been paid. Which, you know, not, not a great start. I didn't know no, that. No, yeah, about half the animators haven't been paid for it. Yeah. Oh, brilliant, that's helpful. Yeah. So. What did you think of the story, though? I didn't like the story, but what I liked about it is... It was what I liked and didn't like about it at the same time, is that it constantly shocked me. And yeah, on one yeah. hand, I'm sort of sat there going, did this really need to be here? But on the other hand, I'm just impressed that it managed to shock me, because I'm not easily shocked. Yeah, it shocked me as well. I wasn't. I. 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 I want. I wanted to be in the in the office when they were green lighting that film. <laughs> just watching the producers' faces, just be completely shocked. Just like, oh yeah, so we're gonna end with a massive gangbang. Um, like... No, because I don't think it's. There's not anything wrong with spoiling Sausage Party. But but well, no, right. No. Obviously, I imagine some of it came from the success of Deadpool when, you know, studios sort of realised, oh, adult, like, comic, uh, comics and cartoons are actually a thing. But the weird thing about Sausage Party is it does every trick in the book to get around the rating system to the point really? where it's PG in some countries. Yes. No. It's PG. No. I, because... Oh my, imagine if that was PG here. I know. Well, it almost was. But the reason it is, it's only 15 here, but the reason it is, is because the sex stuff, it's food. It's not humans or animals or anything. It doesn't even count as real sex. It's just suggestive, right? It's sexually suggestive. The the swear oh, words, right, okay. most of the swear words are used in a context where... Oh, yeah, because they're puns. Yeah, yeah, most of the swear words are either they're puns or they're actually descriptive. Like, okay. a lot, most of the swear words are used like, you know, it, it's... They say cunt quite a few times. And I don't, like, I swear they use it contextually. They don't just call someone a cunt. Like, they call 
they're referencing something, and they use every trick in the book to get around the race. It's like every loophole. The, it, I, I, yeah, I was going to say that uh, when I when I went to go see it, I, I was instantly shocked. You know the intro song that they do. <laughs> it was the German bit when they're saying how they don't like juice, and I'm going to make sure that I say that oh, very they don't properly. Like juice, yeah. juice. <laughs> That's the Nazi. The Nazi sauerkraut don't like the juice. I, I was kind of like the entire time I was sort of sat there going, "It's going to be a stupid Seth Rogen movie." It's it's commentary, commentary, and commentary. It's making a commentary on like Israel and Palestine. And then, yeah. I was like, Hang on, this is a bit deep. And then it's like it's talking about like the food trade and like humans' reliance on food. And it's like, what is this? And it's making comments on like every culture and it's doing every stereotype. And it's like, oh my god, this is heavy, man. It was. Like the amount of Jew jokes and Muslim jokes, and it was a stereotype after stereotype. But I, what I don't understand though is I, I felt like I was watching a personal attack of Woody Allen. Why? Well, you know Edward Norton plays the bagel. Yeah. Edward Norton's voice throughout that entire film is oh, essentially it is totally, Woody yeah. Allen. So I just felt like every time they're making a joke at his expense, it was just a, a dig at Woody yeah, Allen. No, yeah, that's fair. And it's just what was oh, I just felt very. No, it made me very uncomfortable. The film, yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, oh, it's awful film. I I will say the puns made me laugh because they I, are puns. I know I I legitimately like I, especially like when I see films and I see them on my own stuff like that. I laughed out loud quite loudly when like meatloaf just appeared like the meatloaf meatloaf. Yeah, when when meatloaf appeared, meatloaf. I burst I into a hysteria. A meatloaf. But he's meatloaf. Called he's, meatloaf. Yeah, he's a meatloaf yeah. called meatloaf, and he's singing meatloaf. <laughs> that I think that was the first time in that film that I that was the first moment. Oh, where and I Sergeant laughed. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> the little cutaway to like a guy called Sergeant Pepper. It's, 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 I think it's Seth Rogen doing a really shit like Paul McCartney impression. <laughs> and then they did for the. It was the bit when. Um, uh, Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah was in it, which I was mm, shocked yeah. to see. Um, when he when he escaped into the real world and he saw that condom lying on the mm. street, and it oh, <laughs> just... they just got very it, the tone of the film when it's in the supermarket. Well, when it begins with, it starts off really rude, then it goes to like a Dunkirk sort of like Saving Private Ryan style, and then that's essentially the tone. Well, not Private Ryan, but like that's the the like. The rude, crude jokes, that's the tone yeah, of the whole yeah. film. And then it just gets progressively worse and worse, ending in a massive, like, free-for-all. <laughs> uh, a part of me has a suspicion that would be up for Best Animated, but I really hope No, it no, no. <laughs> the Oscars won't even nominate that. Well, then... Well, no, but the, my, my thought is that although it probably won't get the uh, um, best animated, what other films might take that's its place? That's probably many animated films this year. Uh, yeah, like Finding point. Dory and, and Kubo and Two Strings. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah, that's a good point. But I, I was very shocked to see Michael Sarah. I was a bit disappointed. I, I thought better of him. He's Michael Sarah. Yeah, but... Uh, okay. The... I thought... I thought Beth, I thought he would do better films. Uh, animated films this year have been uh, Ratchet and Clank, Kung Fu Panda 3, Secret Life of Pets, Zootopia, Finding Dory, uh, Trolls. 
Angry Birds movie. Oh, okay, hold on. So, so Zootopia, that that. Yeah, that will definitely. I think Zootopia will probably win that. Zootopia, Kubo and the Two Strings, Finding Dory, and uh, probably Ratchet and Clank or Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. That's what I reckon. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't know if Ratchet and Clank will be up for it because I remember it not being. I remember it not being well received. Well, they always pick one, don't they? They always pick one animated film that just just to make up the numbers <laughs> yeah, yeah. that they probably. Um, but there'll be next year. You've got the Lego Batman movie. I am. Okay, one of the things they've announced about this is they're releasing like thirty bat sets for that film, like thirty Lego Batman sets. I'm right. buying all of them. I'm gonna just spend in my like an entire month's wages just buying all those sets and be broke for the month because I have to have every Batman set and Lego know I have to have every <laughs> Batman set and they're just abusing me by giving me too many Batman sets. Like I've got an entire two meter IKEA desk filled with just Batman sets. That is dedication. I do to like Batman. my Batman. Yeah. What What were your thoughts on Batman versus Superman whilst we're on the yeah. topic? <laughs> I I haven't seen um, it, so I'm I, I've seen it three times. I saw the normal edition twice in the cinema, and I saw the director's cut once. Okay, so what are your thoughts? It it's DC. Okay, uh, it's what's well, DC's movie, and it's DC going. It's like them going. I'm going to stand up to just pretend I'm in the boardroom of DC. Okay. Shit, Marvel are ten years ahead of us. They've got a, they've got all these team movies. What do we do? Uh, oh dear, we don't really. Oh, how are we going to compete with them? Uh, we have our own team movies, but we've had no build up to that. Oh, um, ooh, ooh, we can we can do it all in a movie. What do you mean we can do it all in a movie? We just pack it all into one movie. That doesn't make sense. How do we pack it all into one movie? We'll find a way. And, and they <laughs> yeah. short. Oh, just. I saw um people showing. Uh, like so, uh, people showed me um, how they jammed in all of the Justice League uh-huh. stuff in that film. It's yeah, so... and I, when I went to go see Suicide Squad, oh, Suicide they... Squad. Uh, so that's just, I don't even want to give it the attention. No, the, the problem the problem with those movies is it is just a case of them really rushing to get all these new. I don't think the problem with Marvel is Marvel were willing to sign people on a long deal, and I don't know if like DCR. Right. Um, like the reason, the re- I think the reason Marvel movies have done well is because they've had this nice build-up. Yeah, I can see that. And and I think also DC tried too hard with their hype as oh, well. Oh, they did. They really did. So, like DC is essentially just watchdogs. Too much hype, and then there's no real like depth to it. No, yeah, and it's as well. I think one of the problems with DC is with Marvel, right? The the Marvel superheroes that were in the the MCU originally. But they weren't unknown, but they weren't, you know, they didn't have Spider-Man in it. The big, the big superheroes, they're Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, pretty much, are the three, are the, three yeah. ones. the ones they had in the MCU, like Iron Man, wasn't that known outside of comic books, really. I don't think so. And, you know, Hulk was, and Thor kind of was, and, I mean, it, it, they, you know, Captain America was as well, a bit, but not... They weren't in mass culture like Spider-Man, Batman, or Superman, and they had to build those characters. When they made those characters big, as big as Batman, well, not maybe as big as Batman's Superman, but then DC are working with the problem that Batman and Superman have already had about like seven movies each, and they don't want to remake 
building them up again because they've already had a load of build up and how do you really deal with that and i like what they did with batman where they just went okay let's just go and do a different batman let's do a dark knight returns batman he's old he's had gotham he's had, he's had wayne manor burnt down all this bollocks and that was good batman they did batman fucking perfectly great good old batman ben affleck probably my favorite batman now easily love ben affleck great everything else terrible awful Awful. Uh, awful. Mm. <laughs> Martha! Uh, should we talk about... Yeah. Oh. Yeah, what? Mother. <laughs> Why'd you say that name? How do you know that name? I'm not going to kill you now. I'm going to put down the spear and we forget all the problems we had for some reason. We've been fighting for the rest of this movie, but you said my mum's name, so I'm just going to call it quits oh. for like five minutes. We'll discuss our issues. Oh, like last point on that, the director's cut. It's about half an hour longer, and it actually makes the movie, like, significantly better. Well, oh, really? Okay, at the start of the movie, um, Lois Lane goes to some place in, some, in the Middle East or whatever, some warlord, and then all the people there get shot by uh, Lex Luthor's people, and Lois Lane almost gets killed, and then Superman comes along and saves Lois Lane and leaves. And then it cuts like a courtroom, and some woman saying, oh, we burnt all the villagers, and he killed all the villagers. And there's this whole entire movie, you sat there going... Wait, hang on. He didn't. Why would they think the people shot with guns were killed by Superman? And why is this woman doing this and all that? It's never mentioned. In the director's cut, it shows that Superman went there, took out a United States drone that was going to bomb the area, and then the bodies were burnt by Lex Luthor's guys. And then this woman who came for the thing was actually paid by Lex Luthor. And it has a whole story arc with her. And suddenly it's like, oh, everything makes so much more sense. Oh, right. And they didn't... Why did they want to... Again, it's a movie that they were trying to cram too much into two and a half hours. I mean, the Martha thing isn't fixed, but, you know. It's like one point better. But it's still right. like a five, you know. Anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say, talk about something else that's awful, which is YouTube Heroes. Uh, Considering that you are quite known on the youtube sphere okay i have a different opinion on this to most of the people okay go on then i i i only know youtube from like a different perspective from you but as you're a creator well no here's here's my different perspective i am from the moderation side yeah i this is my shit you know this is how i got into getting this job i did this i've done this stuff for 10 years um Mm -hmm. and the biggest problem with what YouTube did wasn't having the system because a lot of websites have that system. Yeah. You just don't know it. And you know why you don't know it? Because the websites don't tell you they have that system. They, what they do is they keep it quiet. They keep the, the points and they keep all the rankings in the back. They keep it internal. And then if you're an active user, actively trying to help stuff and actively reporting genuine things and actively contributing, they send you a message and be like, hey, do you want access to this mod backend? It'll help you do more stuff it's quiet and it doesn't get abused because no one really knows about it and the people who do know about it are already the people doing good stuff and it works yeah and it's fine whereas youtube announced it and now everyone is aware of it yeah and it's going to get they're aware of it and the point system is a bit too arbitrary in that you just subtitle a video and you've got access to mass flagging suddenly what 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 you get a point per like sentence or something 
Yeah, I saw Dan's video um, where he said that if somebody just does a sentence on one of his videos, then they get one point. And if they were to do one of the podcasts that you guys do, that you would get enough to be top level. I mean, it's very time-consuming, mind, but, you know, still. Yeah, it is. But, you know... um, trollers will do anything if they get the if they got if they can get the power to they you know. will um and i wonder what youtube are gonna because i'm assuming right if a troll got in they're not you know mass flagging they're probably not going to be able to flag every video on a person's channel youtube are probably going to go be like hang on a second no there's probably some automated thing that's like no 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 but still it opens it up and and you know dan suggested having the option to protect videos as well but um Equally, I, I think fanboys are just as harmful, if not more harmful, than trolls a lot of the time. A lot of people don't realize, I think you only really realize it when you're actually a YouTuber, but fanboys are often more harmful than trolls. Trolls you brush off. Fanboys are constant. And they're demanding. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're defense, overly defensive of you. And overly expectant of you. And not fans, to clarify. Fan, like, prop big, overly, you know. Like diehard fans who would do anything for your channel to protect. Yeah, and I feel like people will do the same, you know, going through the effort to get these powers and then mass protect these videos. And that's just as bad. Yeah. You know, you you can see diehard fans of of Keemstar, for example, mass protecting these videos. Or any other controversial YouTuber who, who, you know, YouTube doesn't like and a lot of YouTubers don't like, you know, they have diehard fans. It's going to be just as harmful. Yeah. And if they fucked themselves over now because they can't exactly take it back, they've already exposed the system. Yeah, YouTube can't exactly say, oh, sorry guys, just joking. And it, it yeah. is as well, I think, that it's very condescending. Like, I've done this a lot. I've used a lot of these similar systems. They call it what it is. They're pretty honest with you. You know, if you're moderating, you don't need to be called heroes and get points and have levels. Yeah. It's not a game. You, you're doing it because you're interested and you care. Like, yeah, it's because you care about the community and you care about your, you know, if you if you watch a certain YouTube, you care about their community and you want to protect that. It's not the case of, oh, I want to get to level five and get all of the top things. You know, it's just you're doing it. You, if you're encouraging it in that way, you're going to encourage um, people doing it for the wrong exactly. reasons. And, and they are going to, they have fucked themselves over. They, uh, yeah. I, I think I know why they're doing it because, you know, for a while now, community... Uh, based contributions have been available you know community-based translations and subtitles and all that and obviously they want to make youtube more accessible uh, to people with disabilities and they want to make it accessible to people in different languages and you know because most people big youtubers are english and it's great if someone subtitles it in a different language because suddenly they can you know service it to those countries more easily and it makes them more money um yeah. but no one's really had an active reason to do it they added it quietly and there's no incentive to do it and it's very time-consuming, and I think I, I assume they think gamifying it's going to help that, but it, it just it's just condescending. Yeah, I like as as I say, I've done this a lot. I've done this for for years, all the way fucking. Do you know Habo Hotel? Uh, okay, yes. Habo Hotel was one of the first things I did stuff on, like a decade ago. They had something called Habo X, which was a similar system. It was you were a community. They had kind of, not a mod, you weren't a proper mod, but you were kind of a community helper person. And it was an official thing, and you had to right. go through a big process, and it was a forum, and it was all this stuff. And that was what I did, and that was good. And it was people who gave a shit. But YouTube is, is just, it's doesn't, they don't make a game out of it. They treat you like an adult. And it's, 
the, the, I think one of the bigger problems, well, Angry Joe said this, YouTube isn't one community. It's many, many, many communities. And you can't, like, the yeah. same thing doesn't apply. It's like, YouTube is more like Reddit than it is, like, Answers.com. And YouTube is treating it more like Answers.com when they should be treating it like Reddit. And they're not. It's really, uh... But I think, though, as the platform gets bigger, YouTube kind of needs to look look out. Because, obviously, YouTube can't handle ev- all of the videos. Because I think it's, what, like 100 hours or something uploaded every day no, yeah, or something? Yeah. Like, I can't remember. So if, if that's the case, YouTube just can't make sure that every bit of content's being uploaded is, you know advertiser friendly for a better you know for a better no, yeah no yeah it's, it's it's a lot of people argue oh why are you doing moderators that's unreasonable like they have money yeah. but they they can't afford to hire like a, a staff of like a thousand people just to do that but it would just be really tedious wouldn't it just watching through every single video and making sure it's just okay yeah and, and yeah. it's not really efficient monetarily community people who watch the videos already the idea the idea behind this system isn't to get you to do work. It's to get you to do what you're doing already and give you a bit of a incentive. Well, yeah, but I thought now if people watch a video and you know it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it's not what it's controversial or sexual, blah, blah, whatever. That there is still that option to flag it. So I don't understand why having to do this incentive scheme is going to encourage people to do something that they're already doing, if they are in fact doing, which I think most people That's already the problem. are. Yeah, right? I, I think I think you know it's going to maybe encourage people who did it very lightly or were thinking about doing it to take that little next step. I think is is one of the ideas behind it. You know, if you if you're thinking of captioning a video and you get this little incentive, go, oh maybe I should try captioning a video. You know, it might. But I don't think it's long term. It's not a long term thing. Again, as well, because you, you need so few points to get to the top that pe- you yeah. know, people are going to get to the top immediately. And it might encourage you because they're going to have forums and get invited to things and all this stuff. But uh, it's rubbing me the wrong way, I guess. Well, I think if you were to get to level five, you know, they might offer you, you know, going down to the space for a talk. They've offered, they, they, they've offered stuff like that and they've offered sort of like um, events and QA testing and stuff. Yeah, I know. I was joking about the fact that the other day you had that problem and they were like, oh, no, oh yeah, no, I've actually... Ra- have you in for a talk? Weird thing is, Dan mentioned in his video that he can't, he doesn't know, YouTube don't talk to him, right? Which is true. They, they don't. Right. But they talk to me as my channel. Which is weird. Because I, I, com- I have a direct line to someone at YouTube. Because okay. YouTube, for some reason... The weird thing is, it's, it's, it's this little hidden thing. Like, you have to sign up for a creator course, and then you put on, like, a mailing list and stuff. And it's sort of right. hidden in the help bits, you know. It's not made obvious. But when you're in that thing, they invite... Like, I've scheduled a half an hour call with this guy, and he's going to go over my freaking strategy. You know, <laughs> it's, it, they offer this to loads of people, loads of small... They invite you to the creator space. They invite you for lunch to the creator space to sit down and have a, a round table. And they are trying... Yeah, but they're not trying in the right. W- I mean, it's useful, but they're not targeting it right. And then the, it's like, what? Well, I, I just don't understand. They're just doing everything a bit topsy turvy, really. Like they yeah. have the right ideas, they're just executing them poorly. Well, I thought that was YouTube. That is motto. YouTube. Yeah, that's just it's just oh, it's you. Good ideas executed. That is poorly. YouTube. Like it's not even you're not even kidding. It's just uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, 
and Google Plus. Plus. Same business. I get, I get, I get very annoyed at the whole um, kind of YouTube's dying circle, jerk as well. Okay, why is well, that? Okay, I've been on YouTube for a long time. People got pissed off when they switched to sixteen by nine. For Christ's sake, right? They'll, people right. get pissed off at any changes, regardless. And because everyone gets pissed off at every change, it, it's very hard, unless you're in the industry, to know what changes actually matter and what don't. Because the yeah. outrage is constant, regardless of if it's a small change. Like this change, right? This thing, it's condescending, but it's not really going to do anything. The whole ad-friendly thing was actually quite serious, by contrast. But the same amount of outrage yeah. is kind of being given to both of them, even though they're significantly different in weight. And I think it's definitely hard if you're not in the industry to to be able to tell what you should actually be outraged about. And it, it, undermi- it undermines the serious stuff, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, it's a bit like if you if you keep shouting that the sky's falling, you know, no one's going to believe yeah, you. Yeah, it's a boy cried wolf, you know. Yeah. And everyone's always like, oh, I'm going to move to a YouTube competitor. And, and they never do. Like it. Well, give it give it a couple of months and then the new YouTube drama will yeah, come it's out. Like it's happening every couple of weeks now. I mean, people always talk about the YouTube competitors. There's no YouTube competitors. There are a few. They're not great, I want to point out. Like, you know, you've got um, Vessel, which is a paid-for subscription service, which you need, like, a certain amount of, of, of influence to access. You've got a couple of other smaller sites who, frankly, don't have the reach of YouTube. And then you've got Vimeo, which I, I think is probably the main competitor. Um yeah. Vimeo is actually a great video service. The problem with Vimeo is there's no AdSense type thing on there. It's only pay on it's only, you know, on demand paid stuff. So, yeah. you know, there's no way for any real channels on YouTube to just move there. Just money wise. So there isn't a direct competitor really. But for well, for now there isn't. Anyway. Well, well this is the problem. A lot of people have brought this up in that there's a reason there isn't a direct competitor. YouTube's never made money. It, like last year, it broke even for the first time. You know, they've lost money every year. It's very, so expensive to run YouTube. And the only reason YouTube exists is because Google are just happy to just throw money at a thing and it not make money. They just like it because it increases their brand awareness and they think it's kind of cool. Well, to be fair though, they are kind of right in a way that, you know, it is, going, it is a growing platform. It is, but seven years of losses is quite, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And ads are, ads are devaluing every year. So, you know, they break, they're breaking even now. Frankly, in a year's time, they might not be breaking even just because ads are worthless. You know, it's... Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. And no other company would be willing to throw that much money at a thing. That, like, the only other companies, really, that are going to be able to do stuff like that are going to be, like, Amazon and Apple. Yeah. Maybe Microsoft. But unlike Amazon and Apple and and Microsoft Google are just about online services Apple do other stuff as the Microsoft and as the as the Amazon and Google completely focus on online service and they just do weird shit like you know like Street View Street View was originally intended uh, to help people see from a road view of where they're meant to go direction wise right it's meant to just give people more perspective makes sense what doesn't make sense from a logistics or business point of view is why they would street view a dirt road in the middle of the Australian outback. There's no <laughs> reason. Aside from the fact yeah. they just want to do it. And that's what I respect about Google. They do things just because they think it's cool, even if it makes no money and there's, there's nothing to it. You know, yeah. that's kind of, uh, you know, one of the things we like, I kind of like about working at Nerdcube, that we will just do things because they're cool. Obviously, we don't, we don't have yeah. the billions of dollars Google have. 
But that's why there's no YouTube competitors. Because they're... You know how expensive video hosting is? No. Like, the amount of data. Like, the amount of data transfer you need, even just for a basic video. Like, YouTube... YouTube are, uh, you know, having 100 million hours of video uploaded a day or whatever, right? They have to actually download all of that, put that across all their worldwide servers, process all of that, and serve it all constantly, and keep their site up constantly, and do AdSense, and support comments, and do all... That is... It's insane! The amount of yeah. data, even the amount of storage, like, they, they have huge swaths of just warehouses full of just data. Just nothing, just fucking hard drive racks just through the roof. Do you want to know what the worst part Go of that on. is? There's probably a massive warehouse dedicated to 10-year-olds playing Minecraft. Oh, no, there's probably several. <laughs> it's easily yeah. several. Just like, oh, well, where are you going today, Steve? Oh, you know, just going to go check into work to the Minecraft warehouse. I mean, actually, technically, since uh, YouTube duplicate their videos over, like, you know, uh, you know, 30 servers worldwide, you know, there's probably at least 30 warehouses dedicated to Minecraft. Yeah, that's 30, 30 servers too yeah, many. Well, yeah. Um, uh, what's next on the list? Because I've got a nice little list here. It says Bake Off, but you don't really watch the Bake Off, do you? They have food there, and there's Sue Perkins quit. That's all I know. Yeah, Sue Perkins and Mel Goidroik. Uh, I think I said that wrong. Um, and it's just been announced today that Mary Berry is to leave the Bake Off. <laughs> Whereas Paul Hollywood is going to is she stay. The old, is she the I, old woman that all the memes are from? She's the old okay, woman. Yeah. She's the old woman who likes a good soggy okay, bottom. Okay, the meme woman. Okay, good. Huh? Um, and Paul Hollywood is the guy, is the male judge who likes his bread and has blue eyes. And um, and if he likes what you do, he'll give you a handshake. But, see, lots of people are getting quite angry at Paul today. Um, I saw on Twitter that because he uh, left the bake, uh, is staying with the Bake Off, whereas everybody else has left because of loyalty to the BBC, it's making him look like he was just after that money. Well, it does look like, you know, imagine if, if Hammond stayed on Top Gear. Yeah, because he apparently has signed a three-year contract now with Channel 4. It's job security, but I, I think, um, what's the company that makes Great British Bake Off? I forgot the name. There's, there's a com what's the company, the studio that actually makes Great British Bake Off? Oh, Love Productions. Yeah, them. Um, they've shot themselves in the foot a bit, ain't they? Yeah, they yeah they've not done themselves any favors. They should have. I understand why they why they went with the channel four because obviously you know a production company needs the money to fund other projects. Well, they do, but they're going to get a lot less viewers. Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say. Like in the same way, but the thing that makes Great British Bake Off so brilliant is how you know you couldn't have a, a more show that's essentially just quintessentially British put on a channel that yeah, a Brit really the Brit that, is... that defines Britain. You know, yeah. So, uh, I, I, I'm just currently really disappointed um, and feel a little bit, a little bit sad on no, the it's inside. A, it's a but... shame. I know, like I said, I don't watch it, but it is definitely a shame because it is ruining something that's become a cultural kind of a cultural icon, and it's very British. I guess it's it's kind of patriotic in a way. Well, it's one of the BBC's highest viewed shows that they do. I feel kind of bad for the BBC. They've lost yeah, Top Gear, well, proper Top Gear. They've lost the Great British Bake Off. They're losing a lot of their good end, high end shows. I think what's left, like Doctor Who, and that's it. Oh, Doctor Who, yeah. I well, I love Doctor Who. Oh, I I uh, I, I stopped watching when ten. I think I stopped watching about one season into ten. Yeah. I watched Eccleston. I liked Eccleston. He was 
Yeah, Eccleston's good. good. However, Eccleston is good until you realise that his entire character personality has been completely just destroyed by the fact that Stephen Moffat just decided that uh, Gallifrey was really uh, that it really survived. Yeah, no, uh, Stephen Moffat's a cunt, though. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, considering that you know Chris Eccleston's entire character is that he's war-struck, he, you know, he's suffering from this um, post-traumatic stress. He doesn't want to be. You know, doesn't want to look after anything or anyone because he knows it would just destroy it. And then, you know, with Stephen Moffat's latest series, he just turns around and says, oh, yeah, you know Gallifrey? Yeah, it's still alive. Uh, uh, I think that's one of the advantages of Doctor Who, though. And that Doctor Who is definitely a show, kind of like Star Trek in a sense, where Star Trek could basically do any plot line they wanted because they had the holodeck and they had a spaceship that could go anywhere. They can just do any yeah. storyline. They want to do a drama or a character piece or an action film or a, a comedy or anything they can do it because they like in the bounds of, of the universe n- nothing's really restricted yeah and similarly doctor who can do the same they can they can unwrite anything they want to which is advantage i it has its advantages in storytelling and that you can just go you know what that no i'll just uh, no undo that it it can work in canon but at the same yeah. time should it like they uh, no, no, it should I think of the question, the question <laughs> they sometimes fail to ask. It's like, you can do it, but should you? Yeah, I mean, because you're a bit, you're a, you're a Star Trek fan. Oh, mate, don't, I'm, not, I'm not just a Star Trek fan. Come on. <laughs> but it's like, if, if you had a new writer, because they, they're doing that Netflix series, yeah. aren't they? If you, ha- if you turned out that on that Netflix series, because it's not out yet, I think it's coming out next year. Uh, is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, if if it turned out that they just went back to series one of Star Trek and just redid it completely wrong, nothing that you know is right, but they've completely redone it, you would just hate it because it's not. Okay, what you like okay. It. First not... of all, I'd actually be completely fine if they did that with the original series because the original series was terrible. Uh, okay, well, I don't. I've never seen okay, Star Trek. Okay, just so, to yeah. clarify, right? What happened in Star Trek? A tiny bit of backstory here. You've heard of uh, Gene okay. Roddenberry, Rodenberry, haven't you? Gene Roddenberry, the the brainchild behind Star Trek. I've, I, all I really know is Captain Kirk and the other one, Captain, what's his face? Uh, Patrick Picard. Stewart. Picard. That's the one. Um, Picard. Gene Roddenberry I know was Captain... the man who basically came up with Star Trek originally. He okay. was the one who directed the original series. And he directed about the first two right. seasons of The Next Generation until he died. Okay. Um, the problem with Gene Roddenberry is he had this very... It, it was a bit more comical and it was a bit more classic sci-fi and older sci-fi and that his writing style was different and he was kind of a bit of a, a diva on set and stuff like that. And when he died and he stopped working on it, the show got significantly better. <laughs> uh, right. Because then they started allowing a lot of new writers and they went in a bit of a new direction. They went a bit more serious with it and they made it a bit more of a character piece rather than a plot piece. And... That's the beauty of Star Trek in that I think one of the differences with Star Trek as well is that most episodes of Star Trek, at least the next generation, they were written by completely different people and directed by different people. The only the only consistency was the characters and the universe in which they were set. Which meant you could tell a completely right. different story one week to the next with a different director and a different style and a different genre and a different writer. You know. Well, I, I, I heard someone um, describe to me that Star Trek is essentially the it's doctor who but with politics and you know um social commentary and it does a lot more things it does a lot of things more intelligently it's it's definitely a more um 
it's it's definitely a lot of social commentary. I mean, less the later series. I mean, um, right. I mean, you know, the next generation. It's it's a character piece. Generally, every episode is a separate thing. You can watch like an episode from season seven, even if you've never seen any other episodes and understand it. Um, while Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise are series based, and that's what the new one is, uh, where you know they're telling a big long story across a whole season. Uh, you know, right. Deep Space Nine comment, comments on war and the atrocities of war and the horror and Voyager. It does. I mean, I mean, let's not talk about Voyager. Enterprise again, kind of the war and and being alone in the universe and struggle and all this shit. And they do do a lot of things. The thing I never liked about Doctor Who is it's wacky. Even when it's trying to be yeah. serious, it's still wacky. Yeah, I don't like that. See, I quite like the wackiness of Doctor Who, which is why I just started watching Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf's great though, because it is just a comedy. Yeah, I started watching Red Dwarf, and I just love it. And I, um, I, I watched um, the first series, uh, the first episode of Series Eleven the other day. Oh right, yeah. That is. Have you seen? Well, it no, yet? I haven't. I don't want to. Oh right. Why? Um, because I watched Red Dwarf. I think is it season? Uh, how many seasons did they originally do? Was it ten? It was ten, wasn't it? Um, I watched the first eight seasons, and I started watching season nine, hated it, and stopped. Because I didn't want my memory of it to be ruined. Because in oh, season right. nine, they got rid of the laugh track. Which right. changed it a lot um, in, in ways you wouldn't expect. And I, I don't know, I, I, I'm holding out on my kind of nostalgia for it. But again, that, that is the thing. It's wacky, but it's a comedy. It's meant to be wacky. In Doctor Who... Oh, um, I, w- I, I would say to you, give episode one of series 11. I'll, I'll have a watch, yes. Yeah. Just... I'll have a watch. Because I, I th- uh, well, it's apparently trending on Twitter right now, so I think it oh. is. Might I think it might be the first episode tonight? Wow. Maybe. All right, I'll have a watch of that. Might be, but um, um, you know, it's a comedy though, and Doctor Who. I mean, it's it's kind of got comedic undertones, but I say even when they're trying to be really serious in an episode, even when you know, I remember um one of the episodes from the David Tennant one with the the, um, the Cybermen, and it showed the horrors of the Cybermen. You know, where uh, the brain was still active and it hadn't been changed and it was just terrified. You know, the person in the yeah. couldn't feel anything and, and it was horrifying. There was something like that in, in uh, for one of the new Fallout DLCs with robo-brains, which are similar to, to um, Cybermen in a lot of ways and just the, the horrors of that. But even right. the horrors of that is... It's kind of ruined by the wackiness of the effects in the show and the colour grading and it's all yeah. a bit just... Kind of a bit like a pantomime. I would. Did you watch the the latest series of Doctor Who though with Peter Capaldi? I watched some of it. I liked I, I like I liked the Doctor because he's more serious. But again, the world is still kind of silly. You know, it's, it's him being oh I'm a serious Scottish man, and it's oh here's a here's a space person hatching from the moon. And, uh, oh no no the the latest series than that it was a, it started with I think it started with two episodes about the Zygons. I mean that name alone. <laughs> Just, uh, no, 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 because it's a, it's all about war, and it was um it was shortly after. I don't know if you remember this. You know, Parliament decided to do, uh, bomb Syria. Yeah. This episode aired shortly after that, and it was all about whether or not humans should go to war with each other. Right. And that was the entire premise of the film: just should humans war? It, because basically, Zygons can turn into other humans. So should you fight? The whole premise was: should you kill other people if you think they're an alien? If they if they might not be. So essentially, should you go to war for the sake of it? 
and this was aired just shortly after Parliament decided to bomb Syria. So it was perfect at that social commentary because it ended with, no, you shouldn't. There is no point in having a war. I mean, I, I like those commentary, but I, I, it's, I, I just... Even the effects of the show, even the colour grading, I just sat there watching and going, it kind of looks cheap and everything... Uh, I don't know. So there's just something about it. I don't, know, I don't even know how to describe it. There's just something that rubs me the wrong way with it. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know well, how to Going back to Red Dwarf, though, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> what I would say about the first episode of uh, Series 11 is that it's very much like Series 4. Oh, that was a good one. So there's the science exploration. Uh, so the whole exploration, go out, do cool things, see see the universe, and have the universe react to you. Mm. At least that I've only seen the first episode of the series, so I can't say for sure if that's how it's going to stay, but it looks very much like Series 4. I'll have to give it a watch then. Be- I'll have to make sure to do that. Because they travel, um, they meet these aliens and the aliens go to Earth. And it turns out what they've done is they've essentially just reversed time. Right. So you, you're you born as an old person and you die as a child. Benjamin Button syndrome, yeah. Yeah, so there's, no, so there's no crime because all robbers essentially just give you back your money. Right, so it's opposite world. Yeah, um... Well, time is going backwards, so there's a there's a moment when they're in the pub. Oh, is this the red, oh, is it, um, oh, oh, I remember that. Yeah, no, I remember. Was, that, oh, you have the red wolf episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have yeah, seen I it. remember that one. Yeah, where um, they're very confused, and someone walks in, speaks in the backwards, and leaves, and they're sort of looking at each other, very confused. Yeah, and they and they and they walk into the pub saying, "Oh, yeah, you're you're barred, mate." And then they're like, "What? Apparently, you got into a fight." Oh, well, it's not happened yet. Yeah, no, that was a clever episode. Yeah, that, that, that yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, series eleven, isn't it? No, oh, no, no. That was that was uh, that was like season four or something earlier. Was it? God, yeah, I thought that was season eleven. No, that's not a new one. I would think. No, I'm having to Google this now because I thought it was. I might. That be was definitely an older series one. Series eleven. So I've, I've, I've seen. Oh, oh no, no, that was series four. Episode one is um, aliens attack and basically steal technology, go to Earth in the 1960s and put um, make it illegal. So that you can't have technology beyond the uh, World War Two, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's because uh, the aliens believe if you had technology beyond World War Two, you could defeat them. Right, that's fair. So it then made um, uh, Rimmer and Crichton both illegal. <laughs> so they have to try and find scientists who um, who are undercover working in these, you know, prohibition pubs. Because prohibition in this in this reality isn't alcohol; it's no technology. I see. So um, they they meet this. They have to. They're told to go and find Einstein, who's a homeless man living on the corner of a street, and they they go to him, and it turns out <laughs> it's just this old man sitting in the corner with some string with white hair, and they bring him they bring him back to the pile uh, the, the, the the their base to try and fix this. A bit of technology to defeat the villain, and um, they say, "Oh, yeah, you do know that's not actually Einstein. That's just an old man you picked off the street." <laughs> so, so they go on this massive quest to go and find Einstein, and it just turns out to be this homeless man with a bit of string. That's a very red dwarf. Oh, <laughs> it's just very weird and very silly, and I think it works. I think it, it is stuff that, like, it's it. I think the whole of Red Dwarf is 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 just it's Red Dwarf too silly for Star Trek. That is the that is the show. Yeah, you know, because it, it's a character piece. It focuses on these characters. It gets rid of all the other crew, and it just does anything. Because I mean, the thing with with it is is that you do have stuff like that in Star Trek, like Rimmer. You have the, the Doctor from Voyager who is a hologram. 
and he's limited by right. the fact that he's a hologram and it's always very serious and they do some comedic stuff but red dwarf just goes what 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 didn't they do that could have been hilarious and that's what red dwarf do and that works but doctor who are always they're always on the little fault line and i never you know you never quite i don't know I really want episode eleven, uh, series eleven of Red Dwarf to be good because I know that it went a bit off piece, didn't it? I, I, I really mean, I think I'm only on series five at the moment, but I'm watching my way through it, and I, I've, I've heard people say that as it gets towards the end, it just gets quite bad. Hmm. But I don't know. What, what do you think? I don't know. Honestly, I, I, I honestly, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> uh, right. I think that is the end of my list. So, is there anything you want to talk about, Matt? Anything that's been burning away at you, like video games or any news that you want to chat about? I mean, I mean, my foreskin's burning away at me a bit, but sorry, my foreskin. What about it's it? It's burning a bit. Right. Have you been to the doctors? No, but I thought I complained about it on here. Right. Okay. Well, you asked if anything was burning away. <laughs> Um, so any list? <laughs> so people, people, I don't know how to react. That's to the that. first thing I could think of. <laughs> What's the word foreskin? <laughs> <laughs> my mum and my my family listen to this. Uh, well, you know they've made a mistake, haven't they? Ah, uh, uh, I'm so, uh, bloody hell! You invited me on here. It's really your fault. I did, I did, but I didn't think you'd be talking about your foreskin. When did I say it was my foreskin? Well, this is a good point. It could, it could I just, own, I might own somebody else's foreskin. You could. I did speak yesterday, I was speaking to someone yesterday, I did, I did speak about cutting someone's dick off and like putting a vape pen in it and using it as like a vape pen. Right. <laughs> mm. So maybe it's that, maybe. Maybe, maybe you've... Um taking someone's foreskin and that's the, that, that would probably explain why it's hurting because you've just taken mm, it off yeah. did you see any other good films <laughs> bring the conversation <laughs> just try and get off the subject of foreskins <laughs> you should never give the floor to me because I'll do stuff like that so for instance I saw David Brent Life on oh, the wow, Road my tickets. that's an alright film I actually thoroughly enjoyed I it I feel it could have didn't need to be a film <laughs> it could have just been like a two part special or something yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, you know, like one on Christmas Day, one on New Year's Day sort of thing. Yeah, um, there's a ticket here for a film called Central Intelligence, which I don't remember. Oh, that was the Dwayne The Rock Johnson and ah, Kevin Hart yes. film? Yes. Oh, that's out of order. That's what. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. All my tickets are out of order. What is this madness? Oh, no. That's not good at all. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> Isn't it? No, uh, uh, Jason Bourne, that was last month. Um, uh, I don't remember. I see a lot of films, so I keep all the ticket stuff, so I don't forget. Uh, um, uh, Warcraft, that was shit. Uh, Ant-Man, that was, that's not recent at all. Uh, <laughs> Finding Dory was unnecessary, but okay. Um, uh, um, uh, 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 um, entertaining content. So, Matt, foreskins. <laughs> uh, uh, I can't remember. I've actually seen. There's a bunch of films I want to see. I want to see Hell or High Water. Uh, on, what's that about? I don't know, but it's got uh, it's got what's his name in, so I want to see it. Oh, Hell or High Water. That's the one with Jeff Bridges. Yeah, Jeff Bridges. So I want to see it. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
I've, I've not seen that, but that's on my. That's basically list it. As well. It's like is 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 Jeff Bridges? Yeah, well, you know, yep, sure. Also, what games are you, what games you're playing at the moment, Matt? Anyone? Any good ones apart from Fallout? Rainbow Six Siege. Rainbow Sorry? Six Siege, best game. Oh yeah, really? Rainbow Six Siege. Love okay. it. Any game? Any games that you, that are coming out soon that you're looking? Forward I to? don't ever look forward to games. It's my rule. No. No, I, I, I get, I get, I've given up doing that. I, I once uh, was really excited for um, Watch Dogs, <laughs> and <laughs> that ended well. Like, no, I, I, I don't, um, hype isn't something I buy into at all anymore. Like, the, yeah, oh. the last game I bought into was, was Watch Dogs, and I, I saw the Watch Dogs 2 trailer, and everyone's like, oh, wow, yeah, it looks so good. You just look at what they did with Assassin's Creed. The first one wasn't great, but the second one was brilliant, and it's just... Yeah, but that's Assassin's Creed. Not and also, dogs. the problem with these is like, trailers are meant to look good. Yeah, like a trailer means nothing. It shows you vaguely what the game looks like and basically nothing else. You know, gameplay is not representative. The the footage they show is probably heavily scripted, and the game is probably heavily scripted. That you know, the freedom of movement is is an issue. You know, trailers are never properly representative of of the actual final product. The only two games I got hyped for in the past sort of few years was Grand Theft Auto V and Fallout 4 because Grand Theft Auto San Andreas and Fallout New Vegas are my favorite games of all time. So I, I'll, be, I'll be very excited for sequels regardless of trailers, just the idea of them. You know, I'll be excited for Red Dead 2 if they, or Red Dead 3, sorry, if they, if they ever announce it. Yeah. That's the key. You know, you be excited for things that are proven products that you like already, not... Not something that didn't go well, but you hope that the second time around will be Also better. Ubisoft. Never, ever trust a Ubisoft trailer. Ever. Please. Yeah. Any indie games that you're looking forward to? God, I don't even follow them. The amount, the amount of goddamn indie game emails we get, I don't even... <laughs> I don't even stop. <laughs> I was... Um, there was that game that Dan played ages ago where um, uh, it was kind of like... Where he, uh, you, you, you're a pilot and you have to, it's like FTL, but also uh, top down sort of, uh, I forgot what it's called, Hot, hot uh, Miami, is it Hotline Miami? I don't know what, uh, it's uh, it's the space one, isn't it? It's a space Sorry? top down one, isn't it? Yeah. Made by oh, Tom Francis, Heat Signature. Good yes. old Tom Francis. Yeah, that's coming out soon. I'm not really into that game. Oh, I forgot the name of it. I need to find it. I'm, I'm on the Nerdcube website heat signature. now. Name's Heat Signature. It's called Sorry? Heat, heat Signature. Oh, okay. But it is... It's a good game. The problem with indie games, I can never really get into them. Most of them I can't get into. Because for, for me, I prefer AAA games a lot just because I can be more immersed in their world. It's not that you can't be immersed in your side-scroller, side-scroller games or top-down games or pixel graphics. I just don't get into them can't really explain right. it I'm, I'm weird with games like Rainbow Six Siege I got into uh, just because it's very weighty and tactical yeah uh, but a, a little arcadey you know it's it's not too over the top with seriousness and I've got into ranked and everything in that and I you know right. that's why I get into my Fallout games you know your first person you get immersed in the story and GTA you know big old fun sandbox but you know a lot of games just don't I'm weird with games. I, I don't have a very... I think the problem with me and games, I didn't get into games until I started secondary school. Right. I, I only got my first games console when I started secondary school. What was your first Xbox. games console? 
Uh, what, 360? An original or... Xbox. Original, it was a, oh, a green translucent oh, right. one, one of the rare ones. My first console was a PS2. Most people it was. <laughs> yeah, mine was a PS2. And then I went, then I got a, a Wii. Oh, dear. And I had, I had that just for a very long time. Uh, got a PS3 and then I've recently I think within the last year got a PS4 PS4 is well at the moment it's not a great shout <laughs> uh, can't necessarily recommend the PS4 at the moment due to some of the shit they're pulling but um the no yeah they're good and um, as I said I didn't really get into it and I feel like I missed a lot of the PS2 classics you know a lot of people have a lot of nostalgia for these um character games I'd call them you know right. like Jack and Dexter and Ratchet and Clank and you know all these with distinctive characters you know obviously Nintendo has Mario and, and Link and, and, and so on and so forth. PlayStation has a lot of them as well. Yeah. Xbox never really had any. They try no, they I, tried to with yeah. Link's the Time Sweeper. Well didn't they they did um Halo as well. That was ha- Halo is probably the only one they've got. But the problem with Halo, Halo was a it was a teen oriented shooter. It wasn't, you know, a Yeah, it based. wasn't really a character more cartoony based thing. So the Xbox didn't really have any of those and they didn't get the nostalgia. I mean when I was younger, I owned a, uh, you know those N64, like, controllers that had a bunch of games in, like NES games and SNES games? Yeah. I had one of those. And, uh, when I... Oh, I had, um, I had a Sega Mega Drive. Oh, yeah, a Mega Drive. Oh. I had a Mega Drive, and I think I played, I think, Sonic 3? Yeah. I think that was the, I think that was the first time I experienced a, a Sonic game was Sonic 3 on the Sega Mega Drive. Um, well, that's from that. And, but I think that's the problem. Like people talk to me about about like you know Dan's playing Sonic at the moment. And people talk to me about like Sonic and stuff like that. I'm going, oh, it's such a good game. And for me, it, it's not because I don't have the nostalgia for it. It's very hard for me to go back and play a game like that because I'm not used to them. And it seems, from my perspective, somewhat. I'm going to use the word primitive, and I don't mean that in an insulting way. Right. You know what I mean? It is. It's an older game. Uh-huh. It's got somewhat more simplistic mechanics, and I. Uh, well, you can tell that it's age. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still, like Dan said, it'd still be a good game if it came out now, and it would be. It'd still, it'd still be a good platform, but, you know, I can't get into platformers because I never played platformers as a kid, so I don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my, my game my game I remember as a, I say child, as a teenager, is San Andreas. You know, that that's my child. <laughs> you know, like San Andreas, Grand Theft Auto. Uh, I, I played yeah. I played Vice City in three when I was really young, a bit probably shouldn't have played them but maybe that explains some things but that's what i have like the kind of nostalgia for not these you know character based side scroller games or, or whatever i think the other game i played properly was um it was a nes game where you go you start at the top of a building and you go down the building and there's people coming out of doors and you have to shoot them and there's also elevators i can't remember the name of it for the life of me but i love that game and i still love that game but once again it's because i have the nostalgia for that game I used to, my favorite game that I used to play when I was little was um, Destroy All Humans. Great game, Destroy All Humans. Yeah, not the not the first one, the second one. Destroy All Humans two. I never actually played. Yeah, that. that's my favorite game ever. Ah. But they they made a third one for the Xbox and Wii. Really? And it was, yeah, it's called Dest- uh, Destroy All Humans three. Uh, Big Willy, I think it's called Big Willy. Uh, just googling I it now. Even know. Uh, Destroy All Humans. Big uh, Willy, yeah, Big Willy Unleashed. There you go what? for the Xbox and Wii, uh, and it is awful. Big. You basically have this giant mech, and you you've got um, which is the Big Willy, you know, in the restaurant. Oh shit! Yeah, I'm just 
so you have a giant mech and that has separate powers so not only do you have the the alien you have the spaceship and then you have the mech as well and it's just such a bad game well the Royal humans was sort of i think it'll start all those kind of games where they realized it worked and then they made a sequel that was kind of you know not really doing much and it was kind of a bit shoehorned in you know because they thought oh the last one was successful just make another one and it, they didn't yeah. progress enough you know it, it's the classic sequel syndrome we suffer from now the problem is now you know we don't get any smaller games like this all these sequels they have huge budgets and they get huge marketing budgets and they they sell because of the huge marketing budgets you know well i i i keep thinking that if they were to ever bring that back i would just i i think i would just be really happy just, yeah, a modern one would be great yeah you know because they brought back uh star wars battlefield battlefront yeah battlefront, the new battlefront isn't your eight now no i prefer the, the second one on the ps2 but again I mean, it, it, it was trying to... It, it's an EA shooter, it's a modern one, and they tried to make it more arcade so it wouldn't be the same as Battlefield. Destroyer Humans doesn't really have, like, a... a, a what's the word? Like, a counter... Not a counter, but a, a counterpart. It, it doesn't right. really have anything similar to it, so I don't think they'd need to change it that much. Yeah. I think it could work. The, the thing that I didn't like, though, about the new uh, Battlefront is the... the um the ui oh yeah really simplistic yeah i just thought it looked very like a mobile like a mobile it, you could port that onto a mobile Easily, phone yeah but and i was saying this everyone oh you know just just look at it it just looks like a mobile phone ui and no one that i was talking to would agree with me and i don't understand because you know all you have to do is look at a mobile phone it's got squares and circles that's your that's your movement and if you look at battlefront it's pretty much the same thing mm. it's nice i want to point out it looks nice but well, it looks. It, there's the 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 one on the PS2 is more cluttered. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. You know, there's too many numbers and everything everywhere. But the one on Battlefront when you're playing it, it's just it's like it's like it's, it's like they they went to a focus group and said, "What was your biggest problem with Battlefront 2?" And it was too complicated. And they went, "Okay," and then they oversimplified it rather than finding yeah. a nice healthy balance, which they really should have. Because I I remember when I was playing Battlef uh, Battlefront on the ps2 there was just so many at the top there were those numbers and they'd go up and down and you wouldn't know what the main and then all of a sudden you just lose <laughs> and win and you're just like uh, okay i guess like I, th I think that's 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 it they tried to simplify it and they made it really arcadey and you know they've got that new dlc out the death star one yeah where you do fight in space and then it's like a playlist you, f you do a space fighting thing and then you do something inside the death star and then you do like the trench right. one um and they're all separate instances it's not like the original one where you could progress from fighting inside a ship to getting in a ship to flying out and fighting. You know, it's not. Oh, I quite like that. that in, on the PS2 version, where you could just be on a spaceship and then just man the guns on the spaceship. It's uh, on the uh, on the space station, or land in fly get on a get on get in a ship, fly to them, land inside, and then attack them from the within. Yeah, they don't have anything like that. It's quite unfortunate, really. See, that's disappointing. It is. It was one of the people's bit main complaints about it. It doesn't really have any. I don't know if you'd say, like, dynamic gameplay like that. It's a bit more... It's a lot more linear. You know, it's usually based around, you know, getting an at to an objective and just defending it. You know, there's right. not much option for dynamic play. One of the reasons I quite like Rainbow Six Siege, because there is options for dynamic play. Um, you know, it's... It, it's it's hard, because the problem is it's worked for them, so they're going to keep doing it like that. Even though I'm sure, even though right. I'm sure, if they didn't make it more complicated, people would be fine with it. I'm sure they would be. Like not too complicated, but if they made it a bit more, I, I don't think it's going to draw people off or out or away. You know, whatever. 
Also, I found the name of that NES game. It was called Elevator Action. What's Elevator that? Action. That was that NES game. That was my first game memory. Elevator Action. Elevator Action. Yeah. Elevator Action. Right. It's... What? What is that? What game is that it, then? I mean, go look up a picture so you know what I'm talking about. But it it is the game where you just go down like you're in a building. You start at the top of a building and you just work. You ha- you're a guy with a gun. People come out of doors in this building and you have a lot of elevators. You just have to work your way to the bottom of the building. That's the objective. <laughs> I've just I've just gone on Google Images and it looks very NES. Well, it is an NES game. <laughs> oh, that'll be why. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's an NES game when I played in these little this little sort of like N sixty four like emulator thing. Right. And I don't know why, but this was the one out of like all the ones I had in this freaking list that I chose to play. And it's you know it's one of these ones that I still like because again nostalgia. Ah, oh, nostalgia. Oh, how far gaming has come. Oh, I said that's kind of why I, I kind of annoyed that I, I don't I didn't play them as a kid because I wish I had nostalgia for Sonic, for Ratchet and Clank, yeah. for a lot of these games, which, and I don't, you know, and I feel like I missed out a bit. But yeah, whatever. Was there ever a game that you played uh, that you just couldn't play for some reason that the level was too hard or anything like that that you just rage quit and have never gone back to? When I was younger, or like recently, or any time. Any yeah. Uh, well, when you when you're younger, because for me it was a game on the PS2 called Hurdy Gurdy. I've never heard. That. <laughs> I think it was Hurdy Gurdy. Hold on, I'm just Google searching it. Hurdy Gurdy PS2. Yeah, that was it. It's it's so hard. Oh God, look at that. I mean, most games I don't have a problem with now. I think recently, I just remember, it might have been a year ago now, I went to play Mega Man on a stream. Right. And, again, I want to point out, I'd never really played Science Scrolls before. It's not a game genre I liked. I never played them as a kid, because, you know, I, I didn't get into games till later. Right. So, me and Science Scrolls, I don't really have any experience with them. So, when I went back to play the original Mega Man, like the original Mega Man collection, I went to play Mega Man 1, and I, 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 I stopped playing it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't play the first level of Mega Man. I struggled. And that's because I'm just shit at that type of game because I've got no experience with it. That's, I think, the whole problem. Like, I'm great in GTA because I have thousands of hours experience in GTA. I can fucking fly a plane through a pinhole in GTA. But, yeah. you know, controlling Mega Man or playing Contra, any, any of these like old side scrolling games, I just can't play. I can't. Broforce I can play because Broforce is simplified and it's modern and stuff, but... I played Broforce the other day with my um, with my brother. It's it's just such a good yeah, game. Excellent game. Excellent game. Because it hits all the marks as well. It's got side scroller down. You know, it's I think eight bit or sixteen bit. It's, it's a sixteen bit like style. Yeah. Okay, but it gets it gets like the art style down to a T. It's got the comedy. You know, it's got the references that it wants to put in there. Because I think there's a paper please reference in there, isn't there? Probably. <laughs> they hide a lot. Well, I well, I, remember, I I was playing it through the other day, and one of the countries that you take over is called Arstoska. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, "Well, that's clearly a papers, please." I mean, they um, my, my favorite thing about it is just figuring out who each of the bros are, without looking up the name. Yeah, you know, they're sort of looking at them going, "Which bro is this?" Yeah, there was there was loads of people because um, we unlocked we unlocked loads more bros, and it's just like, who on earth are these people? <laughs> But there's one there's one person with a foot for a gun and I couldn't think for it. I I'm I just no idea who that is. Yeah, I think you have to watch a lot of action movies. I I I think the reason I quite enjoyed doing this because I've watched a lot of action movies. All ah, right, okay. That's, that's my thing. I'm into thrillers and I'm into action. I'm into action thrillers. You know, that's, that's my mm, that's my mwah, mwah, you know. Mwah, you know? Mwah. 
do you have um we'll end we'll end on this one do you what do you have um a favorite film and game of the year of the year Ooh. of the year so far we're in we're in september so i mean we're, we're nearly there Ooh. game um game and film right, yeah, well, well, game both. first um so far this year it is actually when did hang on hang on hang on i have to google this uh damn um uh, i'm sorry um but hitman okay the new hitman i mean rainbow succeed should be there as would probably be it but that came out in, like december 2015 Right, uh, but Hitman's probably top of my list at the moment. I really, okay. really enjoy the new Hitman. Never like the old ones. I, I like the new one. I don't know why. Um, okay. And film, it's probably Kubo and Two Strings so far. Definitely. Yeah, I think mine's Kubo. I'm just going through every film that I've seen this year uh, at the moment just to double check. Mm. Oh, The Lobster that came out in February. I loved that. What was that? Uh, it's a quirky dark comedy it's on netflix uh it's about uh, a hotel that you're sent to if you're single and you have 40 days to find a partner and fall in love otherwise you are um killed and turned into an animal of your choice which you have to live the left uh, which you have to live the rest of your life as that is pretty ridiculous yeah <laughs> it's got colin farrell of course uh john c Riley, of course um olivia coleman okay. And I think I can't. I can't remember his name. Is it? I think it is Ben Wishel. Ben Wishel. What's it called? Ben Ben Wishel. He was in Skyfall and Spectre. Oh, him. What's What's the uh, What's the show called again? What's the film? What's Sorry? the film called again? The Lobster. The Lobster. I'll add that. That just sounds ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I also I also saw Room in January. Oh, the Lobster is two thousand fifteen. Oh no, that was when it came out in America. Ah, oh, hey. It came out in America in 2015 and was released here in England in February of 2016. Oh. Um, and it was in time of it was released uh, in America beforehand, so it was in time for the Oscars, but it wasn't nominated. However, it was released here in England in time for the Baftas, and I believe it won. I can't. Yeah, in the, U- in the UK, that. it says it was released technically on 13th of October 2015, but that was at the London Film Festival, so it wasn't technically a release. Uh, I think the hold on. I'm, I'm going to look. No, at it says 16th of October 2015. Yeah, it's being it's still being released in places because it's so such a weird indie oh, film. Oh yeah, it's, it's coming out in um, it's coming out in Finland. Oh, it came out in Finland last month, and it's coming out in Norway next month. <laughs> a bit late, you know. Well, here we go. Um, UK. Oh wait. Oh. Well, that's weird. It says it said the UK it came out um, on the sixteenth of October, but I'm pretty sure it was late. I like I remember seeing it this year. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe yeah, maybe it just came out like a limited release, and then they released it fully like like. Oh. It's it's, it's, it's for some niche films like that are a bit weird with the release. Oh god, I, I, um, I'll watch what? that. I'll make sure to watch that then. Yeah, it's it's on Netflix. It's incredible. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. Um. I think otherwise Kubo and the Two Strings is currently my number one. Excellent film. It's so, so good. Um, 
Zootopia, I need to rewatch. Good film. Good film. Solid film. Really good, really good film. But I, I was sat in a really, you know, those cinemas where the lights are on in the corridor and the, the, there's like a gap in the doorway. And so it shines through, yeah, rather than them having yeah, the, the. I had that, so I was constantly oh. distracted throughout that entire film. So I need to rewatch cinemas, that completely. Right, cinemas, good point, right? Position your doors so when you walk through, you actually have to walk around a corner and then the screen's in front of you. Like, make your doors at an angle. So there's no chance of a light shining directly through. Top design tip there from your boy, Matt. Yeah. I'm your boy. Cinemas. But I, whenever I do my top film of the year, I do it from any film I've seen this year. So regardless of what gear it was released, it could have been released in the 1980s. But if I watched it for the first time this year, I include That's it. Fair. So, but I still think that number one is Kubo. I don't think a lot of great films came out this year, unfortunately. No, I was quite disappointed. Quiet, yeah, like a lot of good ones came out last year. Like a lot of good ones came out last year. Well, I was disappointed with the Finding Dory. It, it kind of felt unnecessary, didn't it? Well, it was good, but I just felt like it, it could have been more. Like it didn't it didn't realise what Finding Nemo got right. Yeah. So, for instance, Finding Nemo got right in the fact that the fish knew the human realm and that they weren't allowed to like interrupt it. Right. Whereas in this, they in Finding Dory, there was a moment when otters just went onto a bridge and cuddled. <laughs> I mean, it was a you cute know. film. I'll give it that. It was cute, but it just doesn't work in the universe. No, it doesn't. I mean, I did like the whale. Uh, and I think, I can't remember, but I think there's a bit in Finding Dory when there was just a lot of elements just taken from Finding Nemo and just oh, yeah, redone. No, totally, yeah. So... Um, yeah, flying with the help of a friendly bird, swimming away from a giant luminous creature, uh, befriending a whale, riding on the back of Crush, and using other sea life creatures to help you. I know, I know the whole point is to get help, is to help, have help, but I just felt like it was just very repetitive. It was, it was kind of unnecessary. And it was repetitive, and I mean, it was, it was, it was as good as they could make it, but the concept was flawed. Yeah, it just felt like they were relying too heavily on the nostalgia. Oh, definitely. You know, I'm actually, I'm looking at my top movies from last year. And looking at them and going, what? so many good movies released last year. Not this year. Sorry? I'm looking at my, my top movies from last year and there's loads of good ones. That Like, um, this year yeah. it's just kind of dead. Well, last year we had Star Wars. I'm looking at my like, movies last year. I've got The Martian, Sicario, Avengers, Ant-Man, Ex Machina, Mad Max, Birdman, Bridge of Spies, Kingsman and Inside Out. They are all really yeah, I know. Films. Like, and this year I'm 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 struggling to think I like more than four. There's Deadpool. Yeah, I guess Deadpool. Hold on, let's hold on. So I'm gonna go through the films I've seen this year uh, from January that came out this year, right? So we've had. Uh, right, so I've not seen anything. So I think the first film I saw from the release this year was Deadpool. Mm -hmm. Then it was. Uh, Zootopia then The Jungle Book mm -hmm. The Jungle Book yeah yeah then Captain America Civil War mm -hmm. uh, X-Men Apocalypse yeah uh, The Nice Guys which is a great film yeah that's an alright film uh, Me Before You yeah uh, what else Now You See Me Too <laughs> yeah yeah say no more about that finding dory suicide squad 
Internet Famous. I don't know if you saw that, that Netflix film about YouTube stars. No, I didn't actually. I have to watch that. Oh, it's crap. Oh, yeah, that's probably interesting. Uh, David Brent and Cuba. You know, I'm actually... So, yeah. I'm gonna, I've, got my, I've got a bunch of ticket stubs here from this year, right? I've got a lot more ticket stuff from this year than I thought I would have because I don't remember most. It's like Batman v Superman. I mean, mm-hmm. High Rise seen high rise I, I didn't see high rise it's weird it didn't really make much sense i wanted to see high rise on us wanted to go and see um cloverfield yeah no T- 10 cloverfield lane's good yeah um the huntsman witness war no not really london's fallen that was an all right action movie money monster the one the george clooney one that was, that was all right the revenant uh, that was last year wasn't it the revenant, revenant was, uh well it counted as last year's oscars but it did come out in uh, february this year Oh, okay. Um, Bad Neighbours 2. Bastille Day, the one with, um, you know, Mr. Street, Two Street for James Bond, man. Uh, David Brent, Life on the Road. The BFG, Steven Spielberg animated film. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. That might win, best animated film. Uh, Finding Dory, Deadpool, the Warcraft movie, Zootropolis, um, Independence Day Resurgence, awful, Zoolander 2. Pretty all right. Civil War, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, uh, Divergent Allegiance, Star Trek Beyond, The Legend of Tarzan, Ghost, uh, Ghostbusters, New Jason Bourne movie, Central Intelligence, Sausage Party, and Cooper and the Two Strings. A bunch of not great movies. Okay, but, you know. I'm going to have to say, I think Kubo's up there as number yeah, one this year. Yeah, definitely. Kubo is. I mean, but the, at the end of this year, we've got the Harry Potter film. Yeah. Well, it actually looks all right. It's not actually Harry Potter. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and and we've also got Rogue One. Rogue One looks good, like really good. It does. I'm not into Star Wars. Not a, not a Star Wars fan, but Rogue One looks good. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that when Rogue One and um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them come out, they'll probably make their way onto the onto the onto the list of good films. Oh, definitely, yeah. But there's that Tim Burton film as well. That uh, um, school for school for peculiar children. Yeah, that weird. The yeah, the Miss Miss Peregrine. Yeah, one? basically just the X Men but Victorian. <laughs> and to, but yeah, I don't, I don't know whether or not I'll go and see that or give that a miss. Eh, I'll, I'll see it. I'll let you know if it's shit or not. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's a Tim Burton film. So Matt, do you want to promote yourself? Just like, just on the well end there, sort of thing. Nah, I'm alright. Yeah, so like, set. Huh? Nah, I'm alright. <laughs> You sure you don't want to say, like, oh, well, where to find you and stuff? www.pornhub.com slash matophobia. There we go. And um, your porn star name is Itchy Foreskin, yeah? yeah? Itchy Foreskin. That's my name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, I like how deadpan you said that. That was a good job there. Thanks. I might just, just call this episode just Itchy Foreskin. That's fine. Right. <laughs> it was lovely having you on, uh, Matt. You're welcome. Thank you, and I'm sure that you will be on in the future. I never heard this. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah.